Hey, hey, friends. This is Jessie DeShane, a chronic illness support coach and host over here on the Chronically Healing Podcast. When I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I was scared and immediately started looking for support. After finding so much negativity in the autoimmune world, I decided to start a community that emphasizes positivity and healing. On this show, you will hear me have conversations with people just like you who are on their own unique healing journey with chronic illness. There might be a few tears, but you are guaranteed to have a bunch of laughs and lots and lots of love and support. Let's dive into the show. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. This is Jesse, your host. So today on the show, I have Shayla, who's going to talk all about her journey living with POTS. She has been living with POTS since she was younger, and now she is at a place where she feels that she can live her life on her own terms while still managing her symptoms. So we go through all of that, her life with POTS, as well as talking about her book, Stuck on the Sidelines, which is all about POTS and anyone that is interested in learning more about this chronic illness. This is the perfect book for you, perfect episode for you, so make sure that you listen in today. But if you haven't already, make sure that you are subscribed to the Chronically Healing Podcast. We have a lot of crazy stuff happening here in 2020, and I am so freaking excited. Can't wait for you guys to see what's in store. Also, make sure that you share this podcast with someone that you think might be interested, as well as uh, leave us a review. The more reviews we get, the more this podcast will grow, which would be so, so wonderful. So make sure that you do that if you have not already. Uh, What else do I have to tell you guys? My One-on-one program for coaching is still open, but I also have plenty of other opportunities to work with me coming up soon. I am planning on doing a couple new things that might be able to help people that aren't ready for the one-on-one coaching scene, but they do want to get a little bit more involved, so stay tuned for that. I'll have more info on that here in the next few weeks. But without further ado, let's jump into Shayla's episode. I know that y'all will enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. Today, we have Shayla on the show. Welcome, Shayla. Hi, thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm <laughs> I'm noticing that I was like struggling seeing Shayla and show right next to each other, so <laughs> uh, just like that kind of morning for me, but I'm so excited to have you today, and I talked a little bit about you in my intro to this podcast, but why don't you dive in and tell us a little bit about who you are and just your story. So um, I'm 22 years old, and about nine years ago, I got sick with a chronic illness called POTS. Mm. Um, When I first got sick, it kind of just came out of nowhere. I woke up one morning, and I couldn't get out of bed, and um, I couldn't go to school. And basically, in that moment, my life just completely changed. Yeah. Um, So after that, I kind of wasn't able to go to school anymore and I wasn't able to really walk on my own and that's kind of where it all started for me. Interesting like what were some of the symptoms that you felt it was it just like that you were super weak that you couldn't get out of bed like what what were you feeling in that in those days? Yeah so my biggest symptom at the time was depersonalization which I don't know if you've heard of that before. No explain it. Um, So it feels like you're in a dream. Um, It feels like you're really detached from the world around you. So that that was basically like my number one symptom, but I was also really lightheaded. My heart was really fast, um, 
just really dizzy uh, and just fatigued. I physically was just exhausted. Yeah. So what did you do? Like you wake up one day and you feel this way and because you said it was pretty sudden, like how did you find out that it was POTS? Like what did you do from there? Yeah. So the story is like crazy because after it happened, um, I went to my pediatrician and she didn't know what was wrong with me. And she just kind of thought maybe I had a a cold or a virus and Mm -hmm. it didn't get better. Like weeks went by and I was still really sick. So eventually, after going to a few more doctors and they didn't know what was wrong with me, my mom did some research on the internet Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she pulled up a Wikipedia page and on the page was a lawn name disorder called postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And basically mom called me over to her computer and she's like, Shayla, I think I know what you have. And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, there's no way. Like, what does mom know? (laughs) There's no way that I have this disorder it's too rare yeah and um and so the next day she was playing some videos on her computer of these two girls that had similar symptoms as i did and it was like a news article and they were being interviewed and the girls were the same age as i was and that's kind of the moment when i realized wait a minute i do have that disorder and um it was from that point on that i realized that mom was right and we kind of sought out doctors that specialized in POTS. Okay. So what did you do? um, Like, were you able to be in school? Like, how did that affect your daily life while you were kind of figuring that out? Yes, I wasn't able to be in school. I actually, it was the very beginning of seventh grade when I left. And um, I didn't go back for the entire year. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I had a tutor that came to my house and was able to teach me. And then I did eventually go back to school in eighth grade, but it was only for like a period of day. Wow. That's crazy. And like for that to happen so young, I feel like for me, like I didn't start having symptoms with my autoimmune disorder until I was 21. So like Mm -hmm. you basically, basically (laughs) how old you are now and versus like when, when you started. Yeah. I basically like my whole teenage years were very unique compared to most people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was very different. So do you still deal with symptoms today or do you feel like you have a lot of that under control? How does it feel kind of like on the daily for you? Yeah, I still have symptoms every day. Mm -hmm. Um, So from the point when I was, you know, 13, got really sick. And then uh, I gradually improved to the Mm -hmm. point where when I was about 15 years old, I started going to high school. Okay. Um. And then I ended up in another flare and had to leave school and um, got my GED and stuff like that. When I was 18, I ended up working Mm -hmm. and uh, I loved working. I used to be a server in a retirement home and I absolutely loved talking to the people. It like fit my personality really well. And so what ended up happening to me was I overdid it and I couldn't handle the job. And I was basically trying to outrun my symptoms and try Mm -hmm. to be, you know, a normal 18 year old as best as I could. So, so it was really like during the time when I was 18 that I kind of realized that uh, I had to live within my means Mm -hmm. and I ended up being bedridden and I was using a walker to get around my house. 
and I was relying on my family for basically every task. And it was really in that moment that um, I realized if I ever get better, I have to help other people. That's my chance to give back. Mm. And so I, I have gotten better since when I was 18, but I'm still sick and I still do have symptoms that I have to manage every day. Yeah. So how, what are some symptoms that you have daily? You don't have to go into all of them if you don't want to, but, um, and how do you manage them? Like fatigue or anything like that? Yeah. So my daily symptoms, you know, it's kind of funny because I think after you've had something for so long, you kind of forget what it feels like to be normal. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, So I do have symptoms every day, like, for instance, dizziness. I feel lightheaded. Um, I have to constantly stay on top of, you know, drinking enough uh, Mm -hmm. so I don't get dehydrated. And I also have to wear compression stockings because um, I have to make sure that, like, the blood doesn't pull to my lower extremities. To combat that, I wear the compression stockings. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and also... Uh, just staying on top of my salt intake as well because my heart tends to get really fast and I'll get out of breath and things like that. So I think as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized what I have to do to manage it. But that's not to say that there's times, there's still times where I feel like I can't and I have to, you know, put a little bit extra in certain days. Yeah. So with like having to manage these symptoms all the time, like, how I'm guessing that you had to do some mindset work around this stuff or like daily habits that kind of put you in a more positive space if there's not as much that you can do physically for all of your symptoms. So like, did you have to do any of that kind of stuff? How did that work for you? Yeah. So for me, like I'm a Christian and I rely a lot on my faith in God to get me through like hard days. Yeah. Um, Every morning I'd start my day with a devotional and I meditate and pray. And um, also I listen to worship music. And it's really that that kind of like jumpstarts my day and puts me in the mindset that needs to be in order to get through it. Yeah, I love that. Morning routines are my jam. They've been my jam (laughs) lately. And like, I feel this is like, just a, a slight tangent for me, but like, I feel like people are so overwhelmed by a morning routine or by whatever. And it can, I mean, your morning routine is different than mine. It can be something yeah. super simple. Like for you, your faith is very important. And that's something that you want to start out your day with. For me, I really love to meditate and to journal because, but even mm-hmm. most days I don't journal because I forget to do it or something, you know, like, yeah, but just doing something to kind of start your day out in a less rushed manner. I feel like mm-hmm. whether you have invisible illness, whether you have uh, you know, autoimmune disorder, any of that stuff or not, just anyone should be d- taking a little bit of time to like fill up their own cup in the morning for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it just like, it, it shows you to slow down a little bit before you launch yourself into the fast paced world. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. I want to chat more about your book, Stuck on the Sidelines. That's what it's called, right? Yes. Awesome. So why did you decide to write this book? Who is it for? And yeah, just tell us about it. So when I was 18 and I was in that really bad POTS flare, I I was ready to give up. I was completely at my breaking point. Um, I was sleeping most hours of the day. I could only stay awake for about one to two hour intervals before having to sleep again. Wow. So, um, and like I mentioned, like I couldn't really walk on my own. 
and um, just my quality of life in general was really diminishing. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was at that point that I was giving up completely and I didn't want to live anymore. And I remember one day I was sitting in the recliner and as I did every day at that point, and I decided to pray to God and I said to him, God, what is the reason for my illness? Mm. I know that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I knew that I was going through what I was going through for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I, I prayed to God and the answer that I received was to help others. Mm. So it was with those three words that I decided that I needed to do something. And I've always been a writer. I've always enjoyed writing poetry and just writing in general has been a big outlet for me. So I knew that I had to use my ability to write to openly and honestly share my story. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason that I really wrote the book was because I felt so isolated at that point in my life. And I felt so alone with POTS. And I didn't want anyone else to feel that way. Mm. And so the book is really for people that have the illness to help them feel less alone. But it also gives a really good behind the scenes look of what it's like to be somebody that's facing this invisible disorder. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's definitely also being used as a tool to just educate people. Yeah. So like education and like connection almost for people to to know that like this is happening. This is yeah. happening to you. This has happened to someone else. Because I know like for example, like with my chronic illness with Hashimoto's, millions of people have this. It's very well known. It's very well documented. Maybe not necessarily fixed yet, but it's yeah. very well known versus like POTS. Honestly, until probably, I believe it was Dr. Jolene Brighton talked about her. I think her son has POTS. Someone on Instagram was talking about it and I had never heard of it. Yeah. So, um, and I had been in this chronic illness space for years and I hadn't, I didn't know much about it. So yeah. And in the nine years since having this illness, um, you know, nine years ago when I first got sick, there really was only a couple articles online about POTS. Wow. And now if you look it up, you know, you're going to find pages and pages and videos and, and so much more about the illness. So it's definitely come a long way, yeah. but you know, more people are talking about it, but there's way more that has to be done. To, to really, you know, spread awareness about it. Yeah. So I kind of have a random question for you, but like, what was it like writing a book for you? I know from experience that things for me, like having a podcast and having a business with, a, with chronic health issues can be yeah. very challenging at times. So what was it like for you writing this book? I think that a lot of writers put a lot of pressure on themselves and they'll be like, oh, today I have to write 500 words or whatever it is. They always set a quota for themselves. Um, I didn't do that for myself. It actually took me three years to write the book. And, you know, I wrote the book. I edited the book like I did every step of the way with it. Um, so it took me three years. Was it hard? Yeah, it was certainly hard. I think anybody that's ever written a book will tell you that. Yeah. But it was also worth it. Um, and I think I just kind of wrote when I felt inspired. Mm -hmm. And also my book felt like a healing process to me because I was scribing, you know, from the point when it all first happened to the present moment. And I feel like I was finally able to kind of enclose my past in the covers of a book. And it was really healing. Oh, I love that. Like kind of like getting, getting it all out 
yeah being able to share it and kind mm-hmm. of that I love that that's so cool so if people wanted to buy your book where would they be able to find it so my book is available online um, on my website which is www.blazingtrailspublishing.com okay cool yeah I'll have these um, the links in the in the bio and in the blog post too so people can click on that but mm-hmm. so one other question when we or when you had scheduled this podcast or I guess, what am I trying to say? When we scheduled this podcast together, you had kind of mentioned that you thought an important topic um, is something that I actually talk a lot about, which is the topic of like comparison and how we view success for ourselves. So Mm -hmm. how do you view success for yourself? And and yeah, let's just chat about this topic a little bit. So I think that comparison is so hard to deal with in general, no matter how old you are or who you are. Yeah. Um, from the perspective of somebody who was chronically ill as a teenager, it was kind of uh, extra challenging. Um, for instance, my friends, you know, I lost a lot of friends by going through this. They don't understand, you know, yep. at that age what's going on. But like if your friends are going to prom, for instance, and you know, you're not going, then that kind of makes you feel less than, or your friends are suddenly getting their driver's license or going to college and, and you're not. And, and it's kind of those moments that make you feel less than as well. But I heard a quote uh, a few months ago and the quote was, um, we are human beings, not human doings. Mm. And I truly believe that our success is measured based on, on who we are, not on what we do. I love that. We are human beings, not human doings. I think that that's something that like people can kind of latch on to just for everything in life, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's something that I struggle with. I still work a full-time job and I struggle with that sometimes just being like expected to do work the same way that everybody else does, but yeah. having like a lower um like brain functioning day or if I'm just tired or something like that. Or to be honest, I, I am very, very strict with like the boundaries that I set with work. So, um, like I don't do work outside of work. I try not to take work outside of work with me. And I feel like sometimes you'll get coworkers or bosses even that are like, you're not doing your job enough or you're not doing this. And I'm like, okay, but if I'm working till 9 PM every night, um, first of all, I can tell you that's why I got sick in the first place. And yes. Second of all, I'm not going to be able to come into work tomorrow. So which mm-hmm. would you rather have? <laughs> would you yeah. rather put in the extra hour after work or would you rather that I was there for eight hours tomorrow? So, mm-hmm. so like setting those boundaries and like, I think one thing with just this topic in general too is I think letting go of the negativity that's associated with being different than everyone else and having different boundaries, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. yes, this is, I have to take care of myself in a different way. I have like, I might not have the same energy as, you know, Joe over there, but that doesn't make me less of a person. That doesn't mean that I don't deserve success or I don't deserve to do something really cool. Yeah. And I think that like we can accomplish, you know, being chronically ill, you can still accomplish a lot of things, but like you were mentioning, like you just kind of go about it in a different way. Maybe eight hour work days aren't for you, but you can still accomplish that work in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
Let's see. So my last question for you is if people, well, I guess second to last, if people wanted to get like connect with you outside of your book, is there any way that they can do that? Yes. So I'm on Facebook and I'm also on Instagram. Mm. Um, My handle on there is shaylarose.author. And um, so I post a lot on there about like kind of what I'm doing currently because I'm always coming up with new ideas of how to spread awareness and how to make people feel less alone. Yeah. Um, So yeah, you can follow me on there. Yeah. I saw on your Facebook page yesterday, actually, you do like videos and stuff too, kind of explaining things to people. Yeah. So I just started a YouTube channel and Mm -hmm. it's the same handle on there as well, shaylarose.author. And I'm using that kind of to just spread awareness and make people, you know, feel more validated in general. Because I think that if I had that resource, you know, nine years ago, my life would have been a lot different. Yeah. Like, it's actually crazy. You're much younger than me, but my (laughs) journey started similarly. It was about 10 years ago for me. And it's like back then, I mean, I knew nothing about what was going on. Like I just took the pill that I was given and kind of just went on with my life, assuming this was how I was always going to feel. And I do feel like in the last few years, this like, I don't know if it's because of social media. I'm sure that's a part of it. But I think just people in general sharing their stories via Mm -hmm. books, via social, via podcasts, whatever. um, It's, it's, show like all of these people that have had these symptoms or that are starting to are finally able to like make that connection with other people maybe they don't have the same illness but they understand what they're yeah they yeah more people are finding their tribe and I wrote about that in my book as well Mm. when I was um when I first sought out a support group Mm. I went it was a game night actually and it was held in a a tiny little church (laughs) and um it was for teenagers. Mm. And so it was for teenagers who had rare disorders. And when I, when I first read the headline about it, I was like, there's no way like that anybody that's there is going to have POTS because POTS isn't really a rare condition. Mm. It's it's just rarely diagnosed. Mm. So I went to this support group and I was completely blown away with the maturity that these kids had because Mm. having a chronic illness it changes you and it makes you grow up faster and and it really shapes you and your character. And so, yeah, it was crazy. And most of the kids there had POTS, which <laughs> made, oh, wow. me, made me completely emotional. Yeah. But yeah, it was in that moment that I found my tribe. And it's so important to really, you know, surround yourself uh, with people that ha- are going through similar, similar things. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So is there anything else that you would like to tell the listeners of the podcast today? I think that if you're facing an invisible illness, just remember that you're not alone. Mm. And if you're having a bad day, it won't last forever. You are going to feel better. And yeah, just keep your chin up. Keep on keeping on, like I always say, and uh, keep forging ahead. I love that. Thank you so much for being on today. It was so great to hear your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me.